Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Smythe for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. Glad to have you with us here on a thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Yes, today we talk a little college football, the NFL, Week 18, start handicapping it. Actually, we're going to get opinions from both sides of the counter today, like uh, we traditionally do on Thursdays. That's right. Jake Cornegay is going to join us, the Vice President of Race and Sportsbook Operations at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate of Las Vegas. He will join us a little bit later on this hour. Next hour, one of our handicapper extraordinaires, Scott Spritzer, joins us as we start breaking down Week 18 of the NFL. Which games do we want to wager on this week? Because as we know, it's the final week of the NFL regular season. Mm, Tough week. And then, of course, national championship game. It's TCU, my namesake, against the Georgia Bulldogs. All right. You got to like that. Coming up on Monday. So we will continue to uh, break all of that down for you, handicap it, look forward to that. Don't forget, at the Westgate tomorrow, we'll have more of that. And, of course, part of our best bet segments will, and of course, have an opinion on the national championship game coming up uh, tomorrow at the the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate. Okay. Also today, uh, the quarterback, one of the quarterbacks, uh, Steve Berline, will join us a little bit later on today, and we'll talk to uh, Steve regarding all of that as well, too. National Championship game, Week 18 on the NFL. All right, but we do start the show today with uh, an update. As we've been trying to give you each and every day here about uh, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, his medical update. And today we have very good news coming out of Cincinnati. Uh, DeMar Hamlin is still in intensive care at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, today, doctors held a press conference and gave us a lot of details. That press conference uh, went for over an hour today. You are going to hear from the doctors here in just a matter of moments, so you can hear exactly what they said regarding the status and the current condition of DeMar Hamlin. Like we said, still in intensive care. At the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, the doctor said he showed substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, as of now, they are still, um, you know, monitor, uh, monitoring him very, very closely. And as of this morning, he has been awakened. He is neurological condition and function is intact. Uh, family said that he was actually grabbing and holding their hands last night and into today. He was actually able to follow commands. He's not actually speaking, but he is communicating in writing and even asked the doctors when he awoke who won the game. Pretty cool. Damar Hamlin waking up, 
and uh, neurological functions uh, returning. He's moving his hands. He's moving his feet. So extremely good news. And we had talked a lot the last couple of days about how those first 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours were so critical. And now we are seeing it, the fantastic job that everyone has done here as far as uh, caring for him and treating him. Uh, again, he is still in critical condition in the intensive care unit there in the hospital. He still needs to make significant progress, but the news is very, very good. To kind of go through the timeline again, you know, from the game on Monday night where he was injured, he suffered cardiac arrest. It was promptly recognized by the Buffalo Bills training staff and their medical staff. Um, they resuscitated him immediately within minutes. Uh, and at that point in time, he was transported by ambulance to the hospital at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Um, he was attended by four emergency physicians at the hospital. Uh, and doctors said they had significant concern for his well-being and whether he was going to make it or not on Monday night. Uh, they did a lot of tests on him during the course of the night and the next day. They said he has been very sick, but last night and this morning, he has made remarkable progress and also has good clinical improvement, which is fantastic news, uh, all of that. So like we said, the... Press conference was held this morning. Two doctors, Dr. William Knight and Dr. Timothy Pritz, uh, addressed the media today and everyone. Here are their statements. First from Dr. Timothy Pritz. Good afternoon, everybody, uh, and greetings from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Uh, it's our privilege today to meet with you. Um, and Dr. Knight and I are representing the many, many individuals and teams that have helped care for uh, Mr. Hamlin uh, since the on-field event uh, on Monday night. Uh, we would like to share that there has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, we had significant concern um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field, uh, but he is making substantial progress. Uh, as of this morning, uh, he is beginning uh, to awaken, uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr uh, proud to report that, very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization uh, that he is making improvement. Uh, he continues to be critically ill uh, and continues to, to undergo intensive care uh, in our surgical and trauma ICU. Uh, he's being uh, cared for by uh, ICU uh, neurosurgery, I'm, I'm sorry, neurocritical care teams, uh, trauma surgery, uh, and a cardiology team, as well as our expert nurses uh, and respiratory uh, therapists. Uh, they are attending to him, and he still has uh, significant progress that he needs to make, uh, but this remark, uh, this marks a really uh, good turning point uh, in his ongoing care. Probably the best news that we could have heard today uh, from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center and the doctors uh, addressing the situation. We talked a little bit about the timeline, what actually happened from Monday until where we are now. Here are the doctors speaking in more specifics about the timeline. 
what I can tell you is that our team involved uh, a significant number of the care team in, involved in, in, in helping with Mr. Hamlin on the field on Monday night. Uh, he was attended to by four of our emergency physicians serving in the various roles as uh, the airway physician, the visiting team medical liaison, uh, a neurotrauma consultant, um, as well as one of the team physicians for the Cincinnati Bells, uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, as, as everybody knows, Mr. Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest on the field, and it was promptly recognized by the Buffalo Bills medical staff, and that allowed for a very immediate uh, resuscitation on the field. Um, he was promptly resuscitated. Um, it did require CPR and defibrillation, and at which point he was transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, where he was met by Dr. By, uh, Dr. Pritz and the, the trauma team, as well as our emergency medicine uh, colleagues. He was managed and resuscitated and worked up in the emergency department, um, had some additional uh, tests in the ED and in the hospital, and then has been managed in the surgical ICU, uh, as, as uh, Dr. Pritz said. It's been uh, a, a long and difficult road for the last three days. Um, he has been uh, very sick and, and has made a, a fairly remarkable recovery and improvement to the point, as, as Tim noted, um, he, he is now uh, demonstrating that sign of, of good neurologic recovery, as well as overall clinical improvement, as, as has been previously reported related to not just his vital signs, but a lot of his other uh, individual organ recovery. All right, that is Dr. William Knight along with Dr. Timothy Pritz from today's press conference there at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. I think the key words that he said there was promptly, how quickly that the Bills medical staff got on this situation, resuscitated him promptly, and then when he got to the hospital, how all of the physicians helped there, those four emergency physicians uh, handled this promptly. And then he talks about the process going, you know, what took place forward in, you know, the last 48 hours. Uh, and now where we're at with this, use the word remarkable progress. That's the best thing that DeMar Hamlin's family, friends, the Buffalo Bills, and everyone who's following the story could wish for. Remarkable progress. And then also to say that he has those neurological functions and good clinical improvement as well, too. Uh, he also stated, like you heard, this is going to be a process. He is still critically ill, still in critical condition. And, but being able to communicate and being able to, you know, acknowledge what they're saying and him to be able to communicate, not speaking because he's not speaking yet, but he is writing notes. And, uh, just to kind of have that cognitive, you know, response is one of the first things that he asked the doctors. Who won the game? <laughs> so it tells you he remembers where he was at and probably remembers everything up until the time that he went unconscious on that field in Cincinnati on Monday night. Here's more from the doctors talking about the immediate recognition by the Bills medical staff and uh, realizing when it was a severe uh, a severe injury and how they saw this and how it played out. I think it, it just speaks really to the immediate recognition that there was something significantly and seriously wrong by the Bills medical staff. I, 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 the team and I speak together. We cannot credit their team enough. They're often, unfortunately, uh, there are injuries occasionally that happen on, on uh, sports fields, be it football or others. 
Um, but it is incredibly rare to have something be this serious that happens um, like that. And to be that quickly recognized, what they did was immediately marshal the emergency action plan, meaning the, the emergency medicine services. That prompted the airway physician, the emergency physician that was out on the, on the field, um, to be at his bedside in, in less than a minute. Um, he had a prompt recognition of uh, loss of pulse, um, which gave him immediate bystander CPR, which, as, as all many of you know, rarely if ever happens. And so the fact that, that Mr. Hamlin had immediate bystander CPR in addition to prompt recognition of his arrhythmia to get defibrillated and then, and then back to the return of circulation very quickly, um, that speaks to that timeline that you're asking about to get the return of spontaneous circulation with immediate bystander CPR that was performed um, well, um, all meeting the standard of what we would expect uh, in that scenario is what has led us to be able to discuss these good outcomes today. I will second that. You know, the, the Bill's training staff who was with him immediately recognized that this was not a run-of-the-mill injury and that they, they had a significant <clears throat> event on their hands and immediately responded and uh, uh, got the emergency response team uh, involved in his care. And really, this was went as well as something like this could go uh, under very challenging circumstances. And they did a fantastic and, and job, which is why we're here today. And understanding how complicated of a situation this ultimately is, would it be fair to say that if things would have taken a few extra minutes or maybe even a few extra seconds, there could have been a different outcome here? I think that's fair to say. Thank goodness for quality, caring, professional doctors, physicians, medical staffs, and teams. And to be able to react that quickly and that calm and cool. And we talked about this yesterday, the calmness, the coolness of, of everyone involved in this on Monday night, from the doctors to the coaches to the players to the officials, and just not letting this turn chaotic or turn into a circus. And we'll talk more about that, you know, about the NFL uh, and how they prepare for these things here in a little bit. But more from the press conference there from Dr. Timothy Pritz and Dr. William Knight talking about the signs that his DeMar Hamlin's neurological functions are intact. We're in the situation where we wanted to allow him to gradually, you know, wake up as the rest of his uh, body was healing. Um, and uh, last night he was able to um, emerge and uh, follow commands uh, and even ask uh, who had won the game. All right. Again, he actually did not speak, and they clarified that later. But uh, by communicating um, by handwritten notes, and again, Tamar Hamlin, responsive enough to say, "Hey, who won the game?" <laughs> well, I think the doctors had said to him, "Well, Demar, you won the game because you're alive right now, and it could have been a very drastic outcome here." More from the doctors talking about what factors led to his remarkable improvement within the last 24 hours. It's variable. We, we do uh, manage post-cardiac arrest patients routinely as part of critical care in, in all of our ICUs. And, it, and it's variable, but it, it speaks to his age, his incredible fitness. And then again, I, I don't think that we could emphasize enough the immediate medical response. The fact that he had highly trained uh, professionals from the Buffalo Bills, in addition to having 
um, paramedics, emergency physicians, respiratory therapists, all right at his bedside in less than a minute from the collapse. That speaks to that ability that demonstrates that he had good perfusion to his brain that led to to no um, identifiable neurologic deficit. All right. The quick acting medical team there, especially on the Bills sideline and the Bengals uh, doctors and their medical team gets credit for this uh, as well, too. So, like they said, he's still in critical condition, um, you know, weaning him off uh, the oxygen, uh, being able to respond. He will continue to go through further tests here. Uh, still have, has a long way to go as far as recovery, but great signs that he is awakened and he is responding. Uh, uh, talk Here are the doctors talking about the next steps in recovery. There are many, many steps uh, still ahead of him. Uh, from our standpoint, we would like to see him continue to improve, uh, to be completely uh, breathing on his own. Uh, and uh, then to be, you know, ready to be discharged uh, from the hospital. So those are the immediate next steps um, as we go for his care. You know, his family has been with him at his bedside, um, as have members of Buffalo Bill uh, organization, uh, really since this all began. Uh, and uh, we really want to get him home to them. And so those will be the immediate next steps. Uh, and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, potential plans for the future. All right. Uh, again, great news coming out of Cincinnati uh, today. Finally here. The doctor's talking about uh, his communication skills and what they are like right now. Uh, you know, we've discussed, um, you know, with him what happened. Um, he's not quite at the point where we can have a conversation because, again, still has a breathing tube in um, and is able to communicate with uh, yeses and nos by shaking his head, nodding his head, or with uh, with brief notes. Um, you know, we uh, he was expressed surprise that he had been, you know, not with with the world for two days. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've talked to him about all the support that's been given from uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo, and really across the country, uh, for him and his family during this time, you know, his, uh, his mom and dad have talked to him about, uh, what has happened and we expect that we'll continue to have ongoing conversations with him, you know, and again, his first, you know, first question that he wrote when he, when he started to awaken was, was, did we win? So we know that he's really, that it's not only that the lights are on, we know that he's home, uh, and that it appears that all, all the cylinders are firing. Uh, within his brain, which is greatly gratifying for all of us, for the nurses and the respiratory therapists and the care team that's been at his side, uh, for his family and for everybody else beyond. All right. Part of uh, a press conference that took place today, the University Medical Center at Cincinnati, Dr. William Knight, Dr. Timothy Pritz, uh, for over an hour, uh, they talked, they answered questions of the media, and uh, it was one of those very inspiring press conferences. And getting a chance to watch that this morning it uh, it was great, and you could just tell by uh, the media that were on the Zoom call uh, how excited uh, that they were about this news as well, too. And can you imagine, you know, what this is like for Demar Hamlin? And I think, you know, when you hear the doctors say, "Well, you know, you weren't with us for the last two days. You weren't here." I mean, think about that. Um, this gentleman thought he was gone. His family probably thought he was gone. And we talked about this on the show the last couple of days, talking to doctors, that there was a survival rate for this type of thing that happened to DeMar Hamlin between 25 and 40%. And as of right now, it looks like he's going to make his way through this. So um, signs are great. Here is a statement from the Buffalo Bills organization today. 
per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. That is from the Buffalo Bills. Watching this unfold like many of us, millions of us did, watching Monday Night Football, tuning in to see two of the best teams in football play each other for playoff aspirations, looking forward to a great game, and we got a great game until this horrific thing happened with DeMar Hamlin collapsing midway through the first quarter. Nobody has a playbook for this. But technically, the NFL does, even though we never think about that. And more and more teams today and more and more fans and more and more media members are starting to learn that the NFL has a plan in place for this, and they address their medical teams and their personnel before each and every game. We got to give the NFL credit here. As much as people want to jump on Roger Goodell for a lot of the silliest things. You know, you hear him booed at, at events and press conferences and that sort of thing. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar business. It is turned into America's favorite pastime, even though baseball is America's favorite pastime. But we know that everyone loves football. Yes, it's a violent sport. Um, the competition, the thrill, the excitement, the drama. I mean, you go from one aspect to the other. Look in what we've talked about, the college football games that we saw on Saturday. Two of the best college football games we'll ever see. Two of the most exciting college football games and arguably the best Saturday of college football. And no question, it was the, since we went to the playoff format, it was the two most exciting semifinal games that we've ever had. And we eagerly await Monday night's championship game between Georgia and TCU. You go from that to 48 hours later and you see this happen where it just takes you in a whole different place. And now people are wondering, can they get back to enjoying football? Is it okay to enjoy football? Because many people think, well, maybe we, you know, I shouldn't be looking forward to this weekend's games considering there is a man who was, was laid out for 10 minutes. He was being worked on. His heart was being resuscitated. He nearly died on this football field. What's going to happen to the game that everyone loves? Is it okay to, to want to, to see another football game? And are we kind of glad that this did happen on a Monday and it didn't happen on a Saturday or a Sunday uh, where it would have affected other games? Because we know they probably would have postponed other games. But you've got five days before you play again. The Buffalo Bills just got back to practice along with the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. The Bills went through a walkthrough. Today, they had their first uh, real practice. Luckily for the Bills, they have a home game this weekend, this Sunday, against the New England Patriots. And now, knowing that their brother is on his road to recovery and DeMar Hamlin, that they can now maybe start to focus on football. And again, especially where they're at. Nobody was thinking anything but 
playoffs, Super Bowl, and of course, that very important game that took place on Monday night. And then you had to take a pause and you had to deal with the emotions. Hey, we saw the emotions here firsthand that the Raiders went through last year. You know, when you had the craziness and the Henry Ruggs and the crime that he committed, you know, and killing an innocent victim and her dog and the other nonsense that the Raiders had to deal with with players, yielding guns, making silly mistakes, falling asleep at the wheel, partying too much at nightclubs, having their head coach who was really the face of this franchise, you know, for saying things he shouldn't have said and sending out emails that he shouldn't have done. I mean, we've seen the emotion of roller coasters and then this season with Derek Carr and now Derek Carr being basically, you know, released by the Raiders. Not officially yet, but you know, it's probably coming away from the team. You have these emotions that go on and a lot of it is off the field stuff. Henry Ruggs last year, we're dealing with death, near death in a football game on Monday night between the Bills and the Bengals. And it affected not just those teams, but everybody. But give the NFL credit because the NFL has protocols in place. The NFL having the medical personnel, the proper qualified professional medical personnel present on the sidelines at these games ready to handle any situation possible, a situation like this. Having the equipment in the stadium, specifically on the sideline, to be able to react the way they did, calmly, coolly, professionally. And here's another thing that they that the doctors alluded to today. Having those personnel who know each other, it's like anybody when you're in a working environment, whether it's a sport whether it's what you do at work or what anybody does that's in a team environment, what we do right here when it comes to radio. I mean, it helps when you have people that you work with and you know that they're on the same page as you and you can work closely together. They can finish your sentence for you. And that's what the doctors talked about with the medical personnel with the Buffalo Bills, and then working in conjunction with the Cincinnati Bengals medical personnel. Everybody there, from security to coaches, players, referees, everybody else, officials with the National Football League, to be able to communicate with each other the way they did, calmly, swiftly, make everything happen the way they did to save this man's life. The NFL deserves credit for having all of this in place. They have a plan in place for every game. And I think that's very, very important to acknowledge because a lot of times people just want to dismiss commissioners and people that are involved in, in, in the front offices of, of football teams, basketball teams or leagues. All right. Commissioners don't get a lot of credit. A lot of personnel don't get a lot of credit. All right. So credit goes from the top all the way down here goes to the doctors, to those medical personnel that were on the field who started this process to resuscitate this man's life and get him where hopefully now he can breathe on his own. Hopefully he can lead a normal life. Buffalo Bills are grateful today. 
I think everybody's grateful today because this is the best news that we could possibly hear. Damar Hamlin making significant signs of improvement, remarkable improvement, according to the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center today. All right, when we come back, uh, we will start talking about the games this weekend because the NFL is has their full schedule. The Bills will be back in action. The Bengals will be back in action. Everyone's playing. It's the final week. There are teams jockeying for playoff positions. We're going to talk betting. We're going to be talking handicapping. We'll be talking about the games, breaking it all down from the college side, the championship game on Monday night to NFL Week 18. And Jay Cornegay from the world-famous Superbook joins us next. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth. The oracle has spoken. The mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. All right, tomorrow we are back at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Come on by, see the show live. Marco D'Angelo will be joining me, of course. Best bet segment and a whole lot more coming your way. Previewing the national championship game Monday night. Looking forward to that. And uh, John Murray will be joining us as well tomorrow, the executive director of the Superbook. And uh, now we go right to the vice president, the guy who's in charge, the guy that's making the calls, the man that's busy. I don't know. I don't know how many hours of sleep uh, this guy gets every night. The one and only Jay Cornegay from the Superbook. What's going on, my man? Oh, I was just making John Murray's schedule. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You, you got you to gotta pencil it in there, right, secretary? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, 8 to 12, <laughs> 10 to 1, off, off. Right? Off. Baker's hours, <laughs> all that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 No, it's all good. Everything's good. Uh, looking forward to uh, how how to normalize everything around here after you know a crazy weekend. Man, no kidding. And uh, it's funny you you bring that up about about John because when we were there on um, you know last Friday and we were talking about doing the show there on Monday and and again appreciate uh, all that because we had a great time there on New Year's Day watching the Rose Bowl. Uh, you know, cursing underneath our breath, especially uh, those of us that had Utah. Uh, you know, but uh, and here we are. You know, getting ready for that game on Monday night, Jay. And um, you know, I was asking John. I said, "Hey, you know, are you you, you want to join us on Monday?" He goes, "Monday? I'm off." I go, "Wait a minute, man! It's New Year's Day. It's bowl games. We got Monday night football." I go, "What do you mean you're off?" He goes, "Monday's my off day." It's like, geez, <laughs> bankers hours. Like I said, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's 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 been it's been a while. Um everybody knows this it's tough to find good help. Yeah. And um you know, uh you know when these guys get I guess when they see an off day, you know, that's theirs, you know, but now it it was good. Uh we you know, a lot of the stuff we've been doing, you know, we just opened up Ohio uh on um what was that? Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And um so we have another jurisdiction that will be our seventh state, so we're excited about that. And uh, just kind of getting things going there. Um, you know, we have a retail outlet there. That's our second retail. Everything else is just mobile, but uh, a retail outlet out in Cincinnati, Ohio. So that's definitely kept us busy over the last few weeks. I can imagine. Well, the new year is here. It's 2023. And uh, we know that uh, it was another booming uh, year for the sports books. And, you know, especially you guys at uh, the Superbook, as we know, we look forward to a great 2023 and going back to Monday, 
you know, Jay, when you worked, you know, some of us, we worked on New Year's Day. See, hey, we were there working. But as we were anticipating that Monday night football game between the Bills and the Bengals, you know, we, hey, we got, a, we had a 7-3 score and, you know, people were very, you know, in, enthused, intrigued. And then all of a sudden, as we know, the game came to a crashing halt and just a horrific incident, uh, you know, that happened. And the good news is that, uh, you know, like we just reported in the last segment, DeMar Hamlin is uh, is now making a, a recovery, which is the best news that we could possibly hear. But going back to Monday night, I mean, I know that was just eerie for everybody to watch. I'm curious, from your point of view and people who are watching that game, you know, at the Superbook, what was that atmosphere like during that time? Well, as, as you can imagine, it was very somber on both sides of the counter for us. And, and, you know, no one wants to see that. And, and, uh, you know, the, the crowd, which you're right, they were all jazzed up. I mean, it was quite the atmosphere as a huge game. Um, and, you know, got off to a great start, seven to three teams are moving. You know, you just, you could just tell these are two really good teams, two really good quarterbacks. I mean, everybody was ready to, you know, see this thing go back and forth for three hours. And, um, when, you know, when the incident took place, uh, you know, a lot of us just thought it was routine injury or maybe a head injury that we've seen, concussion, you know, maybe even, you know, thinking that he's going to go to the blue tent. But as soon as they said CPR, then, you knew it was a different story. And everybody's like, wow. You know, I, I got to admit that we didn't have any complaints in the room, you know, saying, you know, asking us, uh, you know, refund my money or I want, you know, I, I want this type of action. Everybody was very respectful, um, you know, and uh, of the, you know, what this young man was going through. So no one pressed us. Even the next day, um, you know, people were still understanding. And there was a couple of inquiries, don't get me wrong, but nobody was outraged in, in pushing us to make a decision on, you know, what we had to do. And, you know, outside the most important thing, this young man's life, you know, we, you know, we have to conduct business and, 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 uh, we have to make, uh, you know, it's not like, like John said, John Murray, and, and he put it the best way. It's not like when this thing happened, we all got in a huddle and say, Hey, what should we do now? It, it was like, well, let's make sure the rules are there and the, and they are. And this is what we do if the game is not played within eight days. You know, it's a refund. That's for us. And, and books do vary. So for all the listeners out there, they always have to check your, your, uh, your book's house rules because it does vary at times for us. The game must be played in eight, within eight days for it to be action. Uh, if not, it's refunded. And as soon as the NFL made the official announcement that they were not going to resume play, you know, this week or this weekend, we knew that they were not going to play within eight days, so we refunded it. Um, the Super Contest, the Super Contest, a little different Super Contest. The game must be played by Tuesday, end of Tuesday, for it to be um, action uh, for the contest. And it's so unfortunate that it was such a popular game. There were a lot of people that chose this game. But in our rules, again, we're not making this up as we go, but in the rules, if the if uh, the game is not played by the end of the day, any contestant that selects that game gets zero. Now, we understand there's been some pushback on that. People say, well, they should at least get a half. And I go, well, yes, that has been discussed before. The problem with giving a half to some people that 
you know, if you are tied going into, you know, let's say you're in the money and you're, you know, uh, you're up for the money or maybe even up for the championship and your contestant you're tied with, you know, got a half point for a game that wasn't played, you would be upset. So there's always like two sides to this. So, but we do try to appease the majority. And so we're going to look at that rule again. We know others have in their contest rules, either zero or they get a half. It sounds like there's a, a lot of people that believe a half a point for each side. It makes more sense um, or more accepted to majority of the people than zero. But for this year, it's definitely zero. And, you know, we had to move on, um, unfortunately, and, uh, you know, get ready for week 18. No, and you're right, Jay. You have all of the rules that are set forth, uh, whether it's for a contest or you have postponements, suspended games. I mean, th- those rules are in place. Uh, so going back real quick, like I said, to the contest. So if you have a game, okay, and we've had a couple ties in the NFL this year, is that just, it's zero for a tie. There's no half point, half point for that situation, correct? It's just a zero, right? Well, the, well, if it's a, if it, it lands right on the spread, because we have whole numbers in the contest, you know, and as, as do others. Right. So let's just say that the Patriots minus seven over the but, Lions right, and the Patriots seven, they each get a half point. They do get a half point. Okay. So it's not like it, it just, it just doesn't, doesn't count. Cause like when I go back, I look at the records like, okay, well, I was, you know, you know, two, two and one that week, not thinking, you know, what does that translate into points? So what you're saying then that, that basically would translate, you know, into you know, two and a half points. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. So yeah. So if the spread is seven and that team wins by seven, right. both of sides would get a half point because that's a push. Exactly. Gotcha. Right. Okay. It, we know that it's, it's, like you said, every sports book has different rules. There are some in town that the game has to be played on that day. And we see that like a, a lot with baseball. You're, uh, you know, with rain delays and game suspension, that sort of thing. Again, you never had a game really, you know, postponed for this situation and not knowing when it's going to be played. Why is there not a universal, you know, rule here that would go through all sports books in the state of Nevada, or even you know, whether it's a state by state thing or just a universal thing with sports books throughout the country where you would just have a universal rule instead of letting something like this be determined or, you know, by each book itself. Well, there's just no true, uh, you know, I, I guess everybody has different opinions on how these things pan out. For the most part, they are. You know, we have the same rules for um, almost m- most things, I'll say. Right. Uh, but when it comes to these, you know, acts of God or, you know, weather or hurricanes or, you know, stuff like that, that's where they start getting a little different. You know, some believe, hey, if it's not played that day, you get a refund. And others like, well, give them some time. Maybe they just had a power outage and, um, you know, they're going to fix the, the power and they're going to finish the game tomorrow. You know, some believe, well, I should have action still. There's others that say, no, it has to be played on that day. Uh, it's just uh, so many different opinions out there. There's not really a governing body for the rules. Um, you know, there probably should be, I mean, for the most part, like I said, they are similar or exactly the same in most cases. 
but they do vary when it comes to these, you know, events that just, you know, are unforeseen or unforeseen events or things that just don't happen that often. You, you just have different opinions on, on how they should be handled. Um, I don't know because there's so many operators, especially these days. I mean, Nevada, when we had, you know, our operators all here in one state, you know, we still couldn't agree. You know, there's people there's thought, you know, in different directions and we could never agree on a universal or a Nevada wide rule. I can't see that happening now because now you have, you know, three times, four times as many operators as you did, you know, uh, right. Two, three years ago. Let me, let me ask you, you've been in this business a long time and in different properties. Do you think that there should be just a universal set of rules that everybody should, every book should, should play by the same thing. And that way it is, uh, you know, I don't want to say better, but just it's, it's more clear for the players because then they know, you know, what they're getting themselves into. I mean, what would you prefer? I mean, if you were, if it was, if it was Jay Cornegay at the top, uh, you know, controlling everything for everybody, say it was a Nevada state gaming control board thing. What do you think would be more beneficial? Well, if I'm on the top and I'm sitting on the, the, um, throne. Yeah. I, I'm going to decide. I would like to have, and but the thing is, okay, am I? Do I get to make the final decision on these type of rules, or you know, are you asking me? I'm on the throne, and I have a choice. Either we do it like we're doing it right now, or no. we all have the same no. set of rules, or do I get to make the rules? Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is, should would you be in favor that everybody has the same? house rules or are you in favor of each book should set their own house rules? Well, I would be in favor of everybody having the same rules. If we can agree on those sticking points, like I said, mm-hmm. you know, some people believe that, Oh, if it's not played that day, you know, it's no action. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we believe that there are certain events, uh, that take place, whether it's, you know, lightning or, a hurricane or I don't know, yeah, right, forest sure. fire. Yeah, I remember yeah. forest fires, you know, relocated a game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I believe that, you know, they should still have action as long as it's played within, you know, a week or seven days. You know, people don't have to rebet it. Um but uh others don't. And so um I it'd be nice in a perfect world, I guess, if we were all together and we all could agree on what these rules are. Um but I just don't, obviously, I just don't see that happening um, because we, we all have different opinions on those type of things. And, and, and again, these are uh, rules that don't come up very often. So for the most part, we do have the same rules. All right. All right. Jay Cornegay joins it at the uh, Superbook there at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right, Jay, we talk about uh, a great game that we anticipate uh, on Monday night, the college football championship game, uh, Georgia. <laughs> they barely got by uh, Ohio State. TCU really manhandled Michigan kind of from the outside, uh, from the outset of that game, even though the final score is 51 to 45. Uh, we have a line here that has Georgia a 13 point favorite. And as we know that 
you know, a lot of people remember the last thing that they saw and they saw Georgia struggle. They saw TCU play pretty darn well. I think for a lot of people, they're looking at this line going, man, that seems like a pretty high line. What went into setting this number at 13? And let's even talk about the total at 63. Yeah, I mean, George, uh, TCU, let's start with them. Okay, we're currently we're at 12 and a half and 63, but TCU's, um, you know, they, they're trying to do the unspeakable of winning a championship but not being ranked in the top 25, you know, at the beginning of the year. That, that hasn't happened since 1990 when Georgia Tech and uh, Colorado split the national championship. Um, it should have been Georgia Tech because Colorado five downs against Missouri. You're, you're talking. <laughs> you know? You're talking about your team there, okay? You know, no, oh, oh, yo, that's no, no. I went to Colorado State. Oh, that's, that's true. Why. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's you're right. Ram. I, whenever they, whenever they bring up their national championship, and yes. this is Boulderite that I have to deal with. Yes. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You split the national championship. And they're like, have oh, you had that discussion with our good friend Mike Pritchard? Because I've had that discussion with him before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're very, they're very sensey about that. I know. I, I love, I love Pritch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we have, we've poked each other, uh, plenty of times. And, and, uh, but that, you know, this, this is, will be the first time a team, if they pull it off, would be you know winning the national championship without being ranked in the top twenty-five at the beginning of the year. So their power ranking has always been lower, right? And they've been trying to get out of there. SEC is through the roof, and you, you even saw it against the you know Big Ten. You know the Big Ten team was favored seven and a half, eight point favorite over TCU. Now I do believe Michigan somewhat self-imploded. Yeah, you know, you know I, I. I'm I'm actually rooting for TCU, but I don't think Georgia is going to make the same type of mistakes that Michigan did. I, you know, I don't think they're going to be, um, you know, uh, you know, fumbling inside the five yard line. I don't think they're going to be, you know, throwing pick sixes. Um, I think that, uh, you know, people are going to look at that, and you know, Ohio State was in a great position. They were it was like house money to them. They had nothing to lose. They got. A second life. Here we go, guys. Um, and, and played Georgia, obviously, right down to the, the, the final, you know, gun. Um, and that's why the power ranking, you know, the SEC over, uh, the Big 12, uh, the Big 12 just hasn't been getting any respect whatsoever all season long, especially in these type of matchups. Um, you see the number coming down because right now the public, it just keeps eating on TCU. And to your point, what did they see last? That's why we're seeing a lot of, in fact, 83% of the tickets right now are on TCU. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of goes back up a little bit once we get closer to uh, game day. What about sharp money? Where's sharp money coming in at? You know what? We haven't uh, really seen anything. Uh, yeah. We haven't seen anything on it. Uh, total, you know, we opened the total at 64. Um it got as low as sixty-one and a half. Now we're back up to sixty-three. I can't say I've seen any sharp money on this game at this point. Is that a little bit strange? I mean, especially for the magnitude of a game like this, and you know, the line has been up for you know almost a week now. Uh, that that you haven't seen that. Seen what? See a lot, a lot oh. of sharp sharp money at, at, oh, until this oh, point yeah. after after five days. 
Yeah, you know, it's um I don't know, they they uh they haven't really touched it. Um you know, we we uh you know the market's kind of come down because the tickets are coming in on TCU. Uh just haven't seen anything even on the total I, I we just we wouldn't consider that sharp money. It's just kind of right. the market kind of down. There's a few bets on the under, but I don't categorize them as sharps. Right. And uh you know, that's why I said it went down. Now it went back up. So I'm like, okay, so we'll we'll see. I think the, I you know, to, you know, the sharp players, it's just another game to them, right? Yeah. They just like the Super Bowl. They don't. Hey, it's just another game. And this game means it's just as much as this Dayton and East Tennessee State game to me. You know. Um, so um, they uh, they wait. If there's a maybe there's a certain number they're looking for. I do see some twelves now. Um, there's, uh, it's kind of split between 12 and 12 and a half. Um, I was, I, I thought the total was interesting. It really did go down, drop quite a bit. And then it shot right back up. I thought that was pretty interesting. I was trying to figure out what, what was going on there, but again, just different opinions on this game. You know, when we talked uh, last week and we had John on Friday, we were talking about the potential matchups here. And he goes, oh, if TCU's involved, maybe we're not going to get that, that big a handle. You know, if you had a, a Michigan, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, maybe the handle will go off the charts. What's your anticipated handle for this game Monday night? Especially considering now we've got a double digit spread. Yeah, yeah, that does take something away from this game. You know, it's a little, uh, you know, uh, lopsided. Um, you know, Michigan just has a huge fan base. I mean, they're, they're Michigan fans all over. And I know the joke is, you know, ask 10 Michigan fans where they went to school and you'll find out that seven of them didn't go to Michigan. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but it's, uh, it's funny. Uh, I, you know, I almost went to Ann Arbor. I, you know, I got accepted there. I, I graduated high school in Michigan. And so I went down to Ann Arbor, but my heart was in Colorado. So I came back. And I, I went there for uh, veterinarian school. And that's another story. But uh, you know, it's either a you know be a vet or a bookie. Oh, I'll take a bookie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it does take away a little bit just because the the Michigan, you know, on a fan base is just gigantic. They're they're you know uh, TCU. You know, it wasn't that long ago TCU was playing you know Utah and and uh, they played the Mount uh, West schedule way back. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So, and that's why I'm got you know I'm got a root for TCU. It's like in a former Mountain West, former WAC school in the football championship. That's awesome. Here's the thing, people. I just it cracks me up that you know people are still thinking this TCU thing is a fluke. They averaged over 40 points a game this season, 41 to be exact. They scored over 40 plus what seven times a season, and you, this team can score. They're not void. And the only way that I think that TCU gets blown out of this game is if they self-implode and they turn the ball over, but that's really not what they do. And for people thinking that Georgia's defense all of a sudden is going to show up against the one of the most high-octane explosive offenses, I think it's kind of a, a funny. It's almost a joke. I mean, you uh, LSU threw for 500 yards against him. They gave him 30 points to LSU, and then they, you know, give up nearly 50, you know, last week against Ohio State. So, uh, and again, and Georgia's banged up on the defensive side of the ball. I think we're going to have a great game, Jay. I really do. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be very entertaining, and uh, you know, it, the timing of it is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I mean, I, I'd rather see it like on a Saturday night. We would get a lot more attention because of the you know, tourists that we have in town and, you know, coming in on, on a Saturday night. But, you know, just the isolation of it, 
is fantastic. Yep. You know, it's all by itself. It has the, the main stage all to itself. Um, but uh, the outside of Monday night, you know, it, the isolation on Saturday night would be even better. But it'll still be, um, you know, one of the bigger games of the year. I don't know if it's going to match that Ohio State-Georgia total because that was a holiday weekend on a Saturday night. Right. I mean, so many people into that game, and it was a fantastic game, and the end game was going back and forth. That's uh, yeah, that was incredible. Uh, we've you know we've been treated to a, a lot of good uh, you know football games lately, and um, outside of this past Monday night, but I'm hoping we get one again this Monday night. All right, I'm sh- I'm thinking that we that we do, and I hope we do. All good. All right, he is Jake Cornegay. He is the vice president of operations at the world famous Superbook. And there he is. He's coming out of the tunnel right now with his veterinarian gear. And now he put on a green and gold helmet. Look at that, Jay. We're, your fight song's playing right now. Sing along. Lead us. Oh, look at you guys. <laughs> Ballwork Rams. <laughs> there it is. Those mighty Rams. I don't that know. Is hilarious. I, that is hilarious. Well, hey, this is what we do here. We aim, we aim to please. I don't know. You know what? I'm thinking that that's almost kind of a, a ripoff between Notre Dame and Stanford. I think I think it's kind of a ripoff song there. I don't know about those those Colorado State Rams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Why does fight songs kind of sound the same? Well, the, the thing is, it's not play too often. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's good. All right, my friend. Uh, well, hey, then we'll, we'll have to go to the UNLV Colorado State game together. I want to see you dress up in some some green, gold, and white. Uh, you know, I I have my gear. I'm, you know, we go. We, we've gone to a few bowl games here and there. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, when Sonny Lubick was, uh, you know, had them up there. You know, at one time, this is hard to believe for a lot of people, but back in '92. CSU got up to number four in the nation with, get this, with one loss. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Look at Go that. figure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We'll let you go uh, get back to making John Murray's schedule, okay? Make, yeah, pencil in that hour and a half uh, lunch uh, hour as well, too. I just got a you know, rubber stamp that just says OFF. And I, just go, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll see you tomorrow. You tell John be ready. Tell him to bring it because tomorrow – his gig is the NFL. We're hitting, hitting him with the NFL tomorrow. Tell him to be ready. Oh, he, loves, he loves ref ball. All right, I'll let him know. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. He's Jay Cornegay at the Superbook. All right, more next hour as we handicap these games with Scott Spritzer. It is a thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. Entertainment capital of the world. Green! There you go. Jeff Green! Sorry! As this game is going on, he's feeling it, and you can see he's rising to the occasion. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Awesome, baby, with a cap of the It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. This is your captain, baby. Come with me. The doctor is now in. Hour number two here on this Thursday. Glad to have you with us. Don't forget tomorrow, right back at the Westgate, our Friday home. It was great being out there Monday for New Year's Day and the bowl games and everything else that was happening and kicking off the new year, 2023 in style. And 
Again, we'll be out there Friday. And don't forget, next week. Oh, wait a minute. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till we get our next guest on the line before I talk about what is happening next week. Do I need anything? Do yeah, you need you need something. Okay. You you need because I think you know where where I'm going with this. Alright. Alright. Scott Spritzer is going to join us a little bit later on in this hour. We start handicapping Week 18 and the College Football National Championship game, Georgia TCU, on Monday night. I just got a text from uh, one of my uh, one of my cohorts in Dallas slash Fort Worth. They went to three different stores trying to get me my TCU gear for Monday night because I'm on the fence whether I should go to SoFi Stadium. And go to the national championship game. I need my TCU gear. I need my namesake gear. I need my purple and white. And you know what she said? She said, no Nike hoodies. At the three places. She's been, no Nike hoodies. That's that's a travesty. But I appreciate you know the effort. Going to three stores out there. I said just go to the bookstore. I mean, go to the bookstore. Got, you got to have it right there. And TCU is a Nike school, which is great for me as well, too. So, see, I wanted to get it today, get it shipped. So I had it for Monday because I'm all about the Horn Froggy. Monday, going to be on the Horn Froggy. So I need I need my my purple and white there. there you go. What, what are you doing? Are you trying to order me on Amazon? That's what you're trying That's to do? That's what I was just doing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I like it from the university or at least in the vicinity. You know, got it. Got it. Got to have it. Their warehouse is probably in I Dallas. I understand. I understand. You know, I, I mean, understand. How weird is that, though? That no, no Nike hoodies. That means they're out, or what? I mean, that Dallas Fort Worth—that's a big area. I don't know. A lot that. of bandwagon fans. All right, all right. So we'll talk a little bit about that uh, here at the bottom of the hour. But right now, we talk a little basketball, and um, like I said, um, we've got a. Uh, Big event uh, coming at the Westgate next week. And I'm thinking that our next guest may endorse this. That's right, seven-footer. We're not talking about, you know, uh, any sci-fi. We're not talking any country music. Next Saturday night at the Westgate, the International Theater, it's George Clinton. It's Parliament. It's Funkadelic. Big Bill Cartwright, can I count on you? To embrace this. Finally, finally got something going there that uh, that is very attractive. There you go. Come on, man. Now that right there is 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 awesome, as as you know. That and that fits you. Yes, it's me. No question. Yes. Now, we are a little bit confused with you, knowing where you're from. <laughs> you want a TCU hoodie? Yes! Yes! Where in the world? Where in the world? Now, I've known you for a while now. Where in the world <laughs> does that come from? Are you kidding me? It's my namesake. I mean, you know, just like you, I'm sure that you want a Bethune-Cookman jersey because it's your initials. BCU! TCU, wow. let's go, brother! How how quick was I on that? I was that was monster quick. Is that how quick I was on that? I mean, can, I bet you couldn't even give me a BC college reference. Oh yeah, Boston College. There's another one, right? 
There you go. And that, that'll fit in with your your Catholic boy right there, you know? USF, BC. Would you rather have a Bethune Cookman or a Boston College? Come on, that'd be good. Okay. Now, if it came down to that, I think I'm going to I found up um put the initials, my initials on my own hat and um Okay, Tiger normally, Woods. <laughs> normally I don't wear a hoodie. So it's like, dude, come on. Maybe you can get somebody to get at least we know what to get you for your birthday. So you don't have to go to this level where you gotta go to DCU to get a hoodie. Hey, it's just like the Minnesota Twins hat. I gotta have a Minnesota Twins hat. Why? What's a Minnesota what's on a Minnesota Twins hat? Minnesota Twins hat? Yeah, come on, you're a baseball guy. Come on. You don't know this? The For you? No, yeah, the I don't. Twin Cities. The TC is on the Twins hat. I need a Twins hat. Now, this is what we're going to do for you. You've, you've, you've got enough friends. We're going to get you a TC hat. Yeah. We're going we're, 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 we're gonna to get a bunch of them. Have them made up so you don't have to go to this level. <laughs> You have to pull for these teams that is in, 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 in colors. Uh, I mean, this is this this is not good. This is not good. What this do you got? Against, what do you got against TCU? They're the underdog. They're a school of only ten thousand going against Georgia. It's you know over thirty five thousand enrollment. I mean, come on! You got the big brother, the little guy, the little guy here. You're not rooting for TCU? Are you going to root for Georgia? What are you doing? Come on. Root no, for, what's wrong? You're, you're not it's a good program. No TCU you has a good no program. with them at all. No connection. We this know where you're from. This is true. We know where you live now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you wouldn't even pull for the Dons against Vegas, but you're going to pull for TCU. Now, I, I you know, this is very confusing. Uh. Now, somebody can explain this. <laughs> how you, as a Sacramento guy, who lives in Vegas. So am I only supposed to root for the, the Hornets and the Kings? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Is that what you're saying here? Or or, or Vegas. At least you were justified. Well, yeah. The, the pull for a team in Vegas. Yeah. You can't get pulled for TCU. That's 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 preposterous. I've never... I, now listen, no justification you know I'm a Notre Dame fan, okay? So you, you've never yelled at me for being a Notre Dame fan, wearing Notre Dame gear. Whoa, so now whoa, you're going to yell at me for, if I want to wear a TCU gear? And you know what I do. I'm a collector, okay? Some guys collect baseball cards, which I used to when I was you know 12 years old, except I'd put them in my uh, Schwinn bicycle spokes and go... Like that, and then ruin them. But that's okay. I still got you know my 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 Kenny shoe box. You remember Kenny shoes, right? Back in the day, little gold box. Yeah, that's right. Keep all my baseball, basketball, football cards. I even got I even got your basketball card. So anyway, bottom line is there are card collectors. There's uh, coin collectors. You know, I collect shirts. Okay, and and it's not just you know that. You know, it's when I go to a campus, as you know, because I told you. When I came to visit you last year, hey, let's go by USF. Let's walk across the street. Take me to the bookstore. Remember I said that so I can get a USF. And you were all for that. You were all for that. Yeah, let's get some Don's gear. You've even brought me Don's gear. You've brought it to me, right? Even my staff, you've done that. And that's perfectly fine. But your bookstore wasn't even open when I came there that day. So I didn't get any USF gear. I had to wait for you to bring it to me the next shot. But there's nothing wrong with that. So if I go down to 
TCU or A&M or Notre Dame or, or wherever my travels take me, I get a shirt. What's wrong with that? Now we're silent. Look at that. What? Look at that. What is wrong with that? Yeah, I, nothing. I can't tell you the, the, the depth of what's wrong with that. You have no connection to that. Now, at least at least a Catholic connection. Okay. I, I understand that. I understand that a little bit. Then we and, can get you a Boston and, College shirt. There you go. BC. And, no, 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 of course not. Of course. And as a friend of mine would say, that's your business. <laughs> if you want to do that, that's your business. But you, the ultimate sports guy, the ultimate sports guy, you're pulling for, you're pulling for a, a team because of your initials. Now, Pretty cool, huh? This is, this is preposterous. <laughs> it's just preposterous. It's beyond preposterous. What do you got against purple and white? What do you got against oh, horned frogs? You don't like horny frogs? Horned What's the deal? Frogs. Yeah. Horned frogs. Yeah. That's, that's what you want to associate with. <laughs> and also, I didn't even talk about wearing a hoodie. Dude, yeah. you're, too old, you're too old for a hoodie. I know old you are. No hoodies. <laughs> What is going on? What is going on on this planet? You don't wear hoodies. You don't have hoodies in your closet. Is that what you're telling me? Jeez. No, I don't wear. I don't wear hoodies. And I don't put the hood. I don't put the hood over my head unless it's raining. It's. I'm styling and profiling. What are you talking about? Okay, Flair. Yeah. Exactly. So wait. Exactly. As, uh, hey, as Numchuk just put the hoodie over his head, he looks like Eminem right now. Damn right, I did. Yeah. So are you exactly. telling? Are you telling me that I had USF Don's jersey before you did? No, no. He he. Well, I don't do the jersey. Okay, you did the Cartwright jersey. You did the authentic jersey. Yes, remember that? Did. You did that. I did that. I, I, I do. I do remember that. I do. I do the sweatshirt or the the polo or the t-shirt. Okay. I'm not into wearing, and, and Bill will back me on this. We're not into wear, wearing somebody else's Jersey, somebody else's name and number on our back. We're not into that. All right. We're into supporting the school. Got that. Well, I don't know. I don't know if, if it had your, your name on there, you may wear it. That's you good. might wear a Martin. That. Yeah. Don <laughs> Jersey. I guarantee you. Uh, yeah. If it was, if it was a Martin <laughs> 12, hey, hey, which, is, which is very scary. Tell now here you're you're old enough to remember this because I believe you played against this guy when I was a kid. I I wanted a Ray Dice Martin jersey from Notre Dame because his number was twenty one, just like me. So yeah, I wanted a Martin jersey, but Notre Dame didn't put their name. You would get a Martin twenty one. Oh yeah, Don's jersey in a heartbeat. You think? No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. I don't do that. Yes, you would. I don't do that. Yeah, I don't do it. I don't put my name on the back of a jersey. If that was the case, case I have a Cubs jersey. I have a Cubs jersey. All right, what does my Cubs jersey have on the back? Nothing. It just has the pinstripes. There's no name and there's no number. No. There you go. Right. Well, I'm just very concerned right now. All right, That's all. as you should. Be. Well, it, is, it, is, it is the holidays. People get a little. They get. They get I don't know bit. why. Again, look what you did. You, you you hijacked the show last week and ripping me about country western music and sci-fi. You just killed the whole segment, and now you come on and you kill the first 15 minutes here, uh, ripping me about a, a TCU jersey. That's all I'm talking. That's a pretty good jersey with Martin That's on the back. A very That's good like, jersey, what, isn't what it? You do just make your own. What do you do? No. Henry Martin, Mexico. I, you're amazing. Nunchuck's amazing. For one thing, I, I wasn't ripping country. Not 
yeah, music, country, anything country, because I I happen to like westerns. Yes, and you don't. Yes, I happen to love sci-fi, and you don't. Yes. I'm just saying that that's the wave of the future. Maybe you confuse that as well. So maybe you have a bit of the flu or something's going on. All right. Something's going on that's just not right. Who are you rooting for Monday night? Do you even know who's playing? You know, Georgia and TCU. Did you watch those two great college football games last Saturday? Are we supposed to care about that? Okay, that's it. We'll talk We'll talk basketball. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is your news tonight. You know what's happening tonight? It happens once a year. The Gonzaga Bulldogs, arguably the best team in the country, they are coming to War Memorial Gymnasium tonight. That's right. On the campus of USF. There it is, up on the hill. The seven-footer, I guarantee, already has his green and gold on. He's been whining and dining. There it is. Packed house tonight, I I imagine, War Memorial. And the Don's nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. I know you don't want to hear that. Nine-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who scored over 100 in three of their last four games. Are you excited about tonight's game and what's going to happen? I'm very excited. For one thing, War Memorial Gym is now the Sobrano Center. What? Wait, what? Let's go to our on-the-spot reporter, the uh, alumnus, the face of USF basketball, Big Bill Cartwright, and he's telling us that they have renamed War Memorial Gym since I was there. I was just there about six, seven months ago. What happened? Somebody forked out some money? You sold out? You didn't notice, but it was named Spinal Center when you were there. (laughs) Okay, there it is. I saw a war memorial up there. There it is. Is that is that for so, Tony yeah. Soprano, the the old Cowboys coach, or Tony Soprano uh, from uh, the Sopranos? Well, let's go back to that. All right. This game tonight is going to be. I think it's going to be really interesting because uh, obviously Gonzaga is a really good team. They've been a great team for a decade. And for us, it's just going to be another opportunity to take another step forward. And as and you've seen us this year, we're and we talked about this. We talked about the Vegas game. We talked about the Arizona State game, where I was trying to convince you that we're really dangerous because you were like a box of chocolates. You have no idea what you're going to get. So we could make every shot. We could miss every shot if we make shots. If we can keep this team in the half court, uh, they've been held in their 60s. In the 60s, I know they've scored the last three games. I, I watched the last game against Pepperdine where they Pepperdine actually scored 80-plus points. They scored over 100. So uh, we just got to keep them in transition, which they're terrific. They've got a dominant player that they played through with Timmy. Uh, the guards are really good. We're just going to have to be smart, not turn the ball over, keep them out of transition, and we've got a shot. I'm going to say the same thing that I told you when we played Vegas. Uh, we're, we're, we're a very dangerous team. Uh, and also, like most teams, when you can put them back in their heels uh, and get a lead, they're a different basketball team. So we're going to have to Come out of the shoot. We're going to have to try to punch them in the mouth early, get on them, and attack them, and put them back in their heels. I, I, I think we've got a chance. 
Um, you guys got a puncher chance. I will say you, you you came from behind. You beat UNLV here. I never had the lead at any point in time until the final shot was six seconds ago. You got a victory here, and then you blew out Arizona State. So I'll give you credit. You know, with that, you blew out Arizona State. So yeah, you guys are you guys are schizo. I mean, that's it. We don't know which Don's team is going to show up. Uh, do you know what the Don's are wearing tonight? Are the Don's going to come out in in special gear? They wearing the home golds, the home whites. What, what are we wearing here tonight? You any- I, have, I have no clue about what they're doing. I did I did have an opportunity to watch practice yesterday, yeah. and I have an opportunity to to watch this morning. So they're they're really focused. And it's just real that they can guard and get us half court because I think we're going to have to Yeah. I saw that, you know, we changed our lineup. Why don't you go with Meeks? Well, you know Meeks because he has to start when we play his Vegas. But, uh, um,. Will you move? Okay, I mean, you you sound like you're at the at the bottom of the War Memorial gym there, or something like. You need to move. I, you I don't know where where you're at right now. Yeah, you weren't coming through. You were like is a like gargling machine or something there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's, that's a little bad. You got a you got a you got a, you got a bad mic. Yeah, it's always, it's always on us. It's always somebody else. There it is. But 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 I'm just saying that we've got an opportunity. We got a chance. Um, so it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a full house, as you would suspect. Uh, a lot of old Gonzaga's like BYU. They bring they bring a ton of fans, and they're all old. <laughs> and when I mean they're old, they're all older than me, and they move really slow. Wait, you seen those USF fans? I've sat in that section before. I mean, those are a bunch of old geezers there. I mean, you know, walkers are, are not optional. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, some of our fans do are are a little long in the tooth, but uh, those 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 are our best and loyal alumni. So, uh, but uh, but Gonzaga's got a gazillion of those guys. So, all right, uh, it's 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 just going to be a fun atmosphere. I'm just really looking forward to it. I'm just really happy for our guys to be in this situation to have an opportunity to play, have an opportunity to. uh, get this experience and hopefully an opportunity at the end to win this basketball game because it's it's by far the biggest game of the year. All right. So, uh, again, tonight it's Gonzaga and USF. Uh, it's on ESPN2. Uh, last time these two teams met was right here in Vegas, the WCC tournament. Gonzaga had an 81-71 victory there at the Orleans, man. Uh, we were there. Uh, guys gave a pretty good account uh, of yourself. Uh, I think I remember that game. You guys were like down twenty, but then you came back a little bit. But uh, not bad. Not not. You know, we'll see what happens tonight. ESPN two. All right. So now, if uh, if our listeners are watching this game tonight, eight o'clock, ESPN two. Uh, look for the seven footer. Are you going to be your your customary seat there on the baseline with you with your 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 long torso and frame and your uh, legs hanging out there by the ba- basket by by the sweeper boy. I'm gonna be in the same seats, right, right underneath the uh, underneath the basket. I really like those seats; uh, it gives me a good perspective. Uh, I can yell at the officials right there. Uh, it's uh, it's it's for me. It's it's a perfect seat, so I can see everything up close and personal. Yeah. So, yeah, my customary seat. So I'm bringing my oldest son, Justin, who's in town. So he's very excited as well, and hopefully uh, by the end of the game. Um, we're gonna 
Hey, let me ask you a question. Should we, let's say we we win this game, which I of course think we can. Are we storming the court? What would you do? Would you storm it? If you were here, would you storm the court with us? I don't know if I'd storm the court with you, but I'm saying uh, this is storm the Come court. Wor- it's storm the court worthy. But here's the problem I have with people that storm the court. You should act like you've been there before. I don't see you being a storm the court type of guy. Uh, let's say, let's say you know you're the you're in charge here. Are you uh, given the directive to storm it or not storm it? What what do you storm. what do you think is the move? Storm it. Right? Well, look for me. Yeah, my fear is a little different. Like I said, I'm not going to wear a, a, a BC uh, <laughs> uh, hat, <laughs> but you're going to wear a TCU shirt. But I wouldn't wear the TCU shirt to to, to oh, War Memorial oh, or whatever it is, Sprano Central now or whatever. You know, cleaning yeah, service. You or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> storm the hell out of that court. Storming everybody, old geezers as well. Everybody, everybody, bring the walkers out there, the wheelchairs, and storm the, the court. All right, everybody's going to storm the court. All right. He's there it is. Hey now, I remember pre-pandemic, we had the Bill Cartwright bobblehead there when you guys played St. Mary's and it was about this time of year. Uh is, is that coming back? Is this a yearly thing? Well, is it time for the Cartwright bobblehead to come back there? No, one bobblehead is plenty. I still I still got a bobblehead here. Well, Numchuck wants a bobblehead. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind one. This is—he's already got your jersey. I think the the least you could do is is bring the poor guy a bobblehead. I mean, he's got your Bulls jersey, he's got your uh, USF jersey. He wants a bobblehead. Oh yeah, that's right. He wants a ring too. You what? want a ring? Is that what you want? Number no, two? I have the ring. Oh, you remember have... we showed him? Yeah, yeah, you have the ring. Yeah, the fake ring. Yeah, the fake and, ring. And you took his hat. In the I parade. did take his hat. And you took his hat. This guy just—that's uh, crazy about you. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we can make a trade. I'd be happy to do a bobblehead trade for a hat. Yeah. We know one thing, though. When you wear the hat, you don't take the tag off. Yeah. Our boy Savlov told told us all about that. (laughs) But, but, see, Scott's got his own issues. And and I think it's mainly out of jealousy. So we we had another thing. We we actually, I should tell you this, that uh, we actually had a dance-off. No. But we did some salsa dancing. I remember the salsa thing. Yeah, I was going to say. And this was on the golf course. Yeah. Now, he yeah. didn't say anything that yeah. he was dancing. He was just saying you made a fool of yourself. Well, of, of course not, because he was thoroughly defeated. <laughs> he, wouldn't even, he, he wouldn't even risk himself. <laughs> so, look, look. This, this comes from a guy who's going to wear a TC, TCU shirt and hat. Sure. I can't have a tag on my head. I am young. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's just, you know, you think that's cool being young or it's just laziness. You couldn't find a pair of scissors and you, you weren't strong enough to rip it off. I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't figure it out. And the salsa thing, I don't know. I mean, I've been to plenty of Mexican restaurants with you. I've never seen you, you know, want to say, hey, let's salsa. You know, but that's okay. Yeah, but for one thing, I'm not going to salsa with you. You got to find some people. You know, salsa with Well, you were salsa. Weren't you salsaing by yourself? On that golf course, no. you're solo. No, you have a senorita. No, was, yeah, she was. She was a salsa uh, instructor. That's, That's how they got started. Uh, so it's like, hey, so I, I took the challenge, and uh, and then and got into it. So it was his opportunity, and he bowed out. So when you see Savlov next, <laughs> tell him to step up next time. <laughs> <laughs>
And don't, and don't bow out. Uh, you probably uh, will be seeing him before I do. I'm sure you'll go down to San Diego again, where he resides when USF plays uh, San Diego. So there you go. Hey, let's see some pictures of that. And now, all right, tonight, let's be beware, okay? Wear your dancing shoes, because if you guys pull off the victory, national television tonight, ESPN2, 8 o'clock, if you beat the Zags, uh, let's see Cartwright with some dance moves. Let's see that. Let's see you swaying. Now, are you guys going to go with the you know, the band playing, you know, if you storm the court? Or are you going to, you know, pipe in some, you know, we will rock you or we are the champions? What, what are you going to pull out there? Uh, I'm not sure cool. about that because there's going to be a bunch of kids at the game. Uh, unfortunately, what really makes us a little uh, uh, not good is that the students are out, are out of school right uh, now. So there there's no students yet. There it is. That's no good. So that, they got to come back. It's Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga USF. They got to come back. Come on. What kind of program are you running over there? Quit making excuses. Yeah, get out. You know what? I, I know that when you were in college, you wouldn't be coming back to school for for, for a game. So especially <laughs> if you had an opportunity to get home and hang out with, 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 with the buddies. All right. So Fair you, enough. These, these kids are young. These kids are young. They want to hang out. They want to party. Uh, and get away. And, and kids nowadays, who knows where they're at? These kids could be in Mexico. All right, so uh, uh, I've got your tickets uh, for George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic next Saturday night. Are you coming? You gonna make it happen? No. Huh? It can't come. Can't uh, come. You, you always schedule us at the wrong time. You, I, you I, know I, when I'm in town. <laughs> when, when I'm in town, hopefully you schedule something that'll, that'll be fun. We'll get you into some. Hey, uh, hey George, can you cancel this uh, Saturday, George? I'd like you to come back uh, play when Cartwright's here on uh, March the sixth or whatever. Canceling. Just, just yeah. come back. Just come back. There. I love how he's saying. When you can you cancel it? Oh yeah, you didn't make the show. Well, but see, he's used to me. I think I know. in his mind, he's you know used to me promoting these shows. Yes, this yeah. is my show. There you go. Well, you see, he used to promote shows. You think he's promoting a show for me? Yeah, I promote the show when I'm in town. I've done I've done that on a couple of occasions. I think Frankie Beverly and Mays, we we did that for you. You know, I, I'm not sure we ever did yeah. the coasters or, uh, you know, yeah, when I was just, when I was Chubby Sacramento, had, when I was in Sacramento, you had a show. I did. I did. Exactly. I was there. You were there. I was there. You were shaking it up. Yeah. We got Sinbad. We had a lot going on there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You got to get busy. All right. All right. Well, I, uh, we'll let you get back to uh, wine and dining your alums. I know it's a big day for you guys. I'm rooting for you. Good luck. Uh, hopefully you give a good account of yourself, you know tonight and uh, re- report back sergeant yeah we just need some positive thoughts from you that's it yeah all positive and don't bet on the dons even though you think they might cover nine and a half no oh, and don't no. and don't bet we're against the dons no. probably should no we're not we're not, yeah. uh, we're not we're not even thinking about that uh, all right man all right well if, if you free up your schedule uh, again you know you're our plane light right away Next weekend, I'm here for you. Me and George are here for you. Yeah, I don't know if I can come. Southwest is there. Yeah. If I come there, I'm going to be able to get out for a week. <laughs> as much as you like to drive, maybe you better better get in your Benzie. All right, man. I'll, yeah. I'll talk to you later. Good luck tonight. Have fun, man. We'll be watching for you later. Go down. You got it. I got to feel I'll be getting some text during this game like I always do. All right, Scott Sprites is going to join us. We'll get we'll get Scooter's thoughts. Lay the nine and a half with the Zags or take those Dons tonight. We'll talk about that college championship game, NFL Week 18, Raiders, Chiefs, Allegiant Stadium Saturday. 
Talk about all that more. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. (laughs) Of course, we're speaking with a big seven-footer about George Clinton, Parler, Funkadelic, at the Westgate, the International Theater, coming up a week from Saturday night. You want to go? We will put you there. 702-221-7283 right now. Bring it, and we'll put you in the house as we got your tickets for George Clinton, the farewell tour. 702-221-7283, and we're looking forward to that at the Westgate. Just like my man, Scott Spritzer is, because he has a little Parliament Funkadelic in that soul. I know he does. (laughs) What's going on, brother? Oh, man, I'm telling you, I just, you know, can't wait. Until the show, and uh, boy, I just can't wait to hear some old classics from George Clinton. <laughs> and it's funny, last week when we did the show, and you told me that he was going to be here in town. It's like half hour later, I was on YouTube watching old videos. So, Is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, just going to be fun to see him, you know, back in town. And you know, I, it's it's supposed to be that you know that uh, retirement tour or whatever, but. I still hope and uh, kind of hoping here that he's got a, you know another two or three to go. Mm-hmm. I can always handle you know two or three farewell tours. There you go, man. All right, uh, Scott. Let's talk a little uh, NFL uh, Week 18 here. Kind of a tricky week, you know. When you get into the final week of the regular season, you've got some very low spreads, but then again, you got the other end of the extreme too, some very high ones as well. As we got some very meaningless games here, how do you approach? You know, this week, because as you know, we get into this, we usually have some quality games. And even if they're not quality games, you know, we figure, okay, hey, we, we find something that really makes a lot of sense to us from a betting standpoint. And I don't know, that number could be maybe three, four, five, or six games, you know, depending on the week. But when you look at this week's schedule, what stands out to you? Yeah, it's kind of one of those deals where I, I try to just stick to games. I mean, there's always one game that I'll look at that doesn't have a, any bearing on the postseason, maybe one or two bets that I'll make um, that might have an edge when it comes to certain players playing, certain other players not playing, things like that that I'll jump into. But for the most part, it's it's looking at you know teams that have something to play for. And also, you know, I kind of tend to look over the last 20 years at teams that have had bad seasons that are now getting a bunch of points from teams that have a good seasons. And, and those bad teams, usually over the final couple of weeks of the regular season, uh, are worth taking because it's the end of the season. Everybody thinks, you know, the bad teams aren't going to show up basically other than to go through the motions. And so you end up getting a bit of a premium with that point spread. And we've seen them do well over the course of the years. Having said that, I, I really only have one, I guess, so-called bad season team that I'm playing this week. We get we can get to that in a little bit, but uh I just tell people be careful. I mean there's a couple of games out there that are gonna be like, you know, a week fourteen game that matters or, you know, teams playing to get in the postseason and and uh you gotta be careful sometimes with those teams too because must win doesn't always mean will win. And if you're in a must win spot in the final week of the regular season, it means that you didn't play good or well enough during the course of the season to wrap up a playoff spot. 
And so, you know, I always say that, you know, again, will win doesn't automatically mean, or must win doesn't automatically mean will win. And, and we're, you know, I've got three plays so far, TC, so I'm not going crazy yet. I might add a couple more between now and uh, Sunday morning. Let's talk about some of these games, Scott. And it's going to start off here with the first game, Saturday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, the Raiders season, uh, I don't want to say mercifully comes to an end, but uh, they did play well last week and they got the cover. You know, getting 10 points against the Niners, uh, nine, nine and a half. And we're going to have that same type of number as the Chiefs roll into town. And the Chiefs have actually got something to play for as far as that number one overall seed here. Jared Stidham back at quarterback here. The Chiefs got, you know, when I look at this team, I mean, they haven't been great covering against the number. And of their 16 games, 10 of them have been one score games here. When you look at this line here, uh, obviously, I think everyone feels the Chiefs are going to win the game. Maybe a great teaser situation there for the Chiefs, but how do you handicap this game knowing that this is it for the Raiders? They're still missing some people on both sides of the ball, and the Chiefs do have something to play for. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs can obviously wrap up the uh, bye week in the AFC if they can get this win uh, on Sunday or on Saturday. And listen, I'm kind of, you know, same thoughts as far as the Chiefs are concerned that you were saying is that it's not a team that you can rely on to cover a lot of point spreads this season. Uh, the defense isn't great. In fact, as far as points allowed per game, they're basically bottom third in the NFL. Uh, but they do have the motivation because that Bills-Bengals game will not be completed, so they can wrap up the AFC by with the weight here. And, you know, I'm just thinking, though, that there's been too much of an adjustment on this point spread as far as the worth of Jared Stidham compared to Derek Carr. Uh, Stidham played pretty well last weekend, and he's had a decent, long-standing relationship with Josh McDaniels from their days in New England. So he understood the offense and what this team was trying to do against a very good San Francisco defense. And now he and his offense face a softer defense this week, a much softer defense when Kansas City rolls into town. And also, uh, Casey doesn't present the challenges when it comes to uh, getting after the quarterback that San Francisco did. And for the most part, the Raiders handled that well. So did Stidham. So I, I think diamond and a half is a little bit too tall here. I, I think the difference between Carr and Stidham isn't as big or isn't as wide of a gap to make that kind of adjustment to the point spread as we're seeing. If you saw where the line was when the Raiders were at Arrowhead earlier this season, what's taken place since then, and then going into this game. I think that line's a couple of points too high. So uh, this is one of those teams that had a very disappointing season going up against a team that might be playing in the first weekend of February to win it all, where I think that that team that had a disappointing season has a solid chance to cover the point spread and keep this close. All right, uh, Tennessee and Jacksonville, they will play in the nightcap Saturday night, and this one it... – it didn't matter that what the the records were of this team. Last week's games for either team did not matter because they were going to be playing a winner take all uh, game coming up this week. And uh, we got Tennessee, Jacksonville. We see the number hovering around seven now because Tennessee is going to go with Joshua Dobbs, the guy who was on the practice squad of another team just a few weeks ago. No Ryan Tannehill, and uh, again third string quarterback situation. Malik Willis has not been good. So um, they opted to to go away from him and Jacksonville. Scott, say what you want, but you know this team has been playing some of the best football of anybody right now on a four game win streak, and their defense is pretty darn good as well. Uh, what do you think about the Jags? You know, laying it here. Yeah, I mean it's like Jacksonville or nothing, or maybe even tease Jacksonville down to pick or minus a half a point with another 
uh, team from Sunday's card. That's the way I would look to go. I mean, Tennessee's had a couple of pushes, depending on when you got the point spread over the last month plus, but they haven't covered a spread, not just haven't won games, but they haven't covered a spread since mid-November, a 27-17 minor upset went over Green Bay, and they're not playing anywhere close to that now. And you look at their numbers, I mean, you know, they're 30th in the league in passing yards per game, 30th in total yards per game. They average under 18 points per game, almost dead last. Passing defense, dead last in yards allowed per game, 25th in total yards allowed per game, and on and on and on. And as you mentioned, Malik Willis was terrible. He was certainly not ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So you go to Josh Dobbs, which I don't think is going to be that big of an improvement. Love the way Trevor Lawrence has been playing. I know he's been a little banged up too. But, you know, when we think about Trevor Lawrence, I was asked about this on another show probably four or five weeks ago, my thoughts on Trevor Lawrence. And I said, man, I go, he's, he's an A-plus this season because last year, with all the Urban Meyer you know, situation, the fiasco in Jacksonville, he basically had a lost year as far as learning in the NFL. And I think he's made huge strides this year. They've covered four in a row, this team. They've covered, what, 6-1-1 one, and one in their last eight games overall. And so for me, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the full six, but I think Jacksonville is a solid teaser play. Tease that down to minus a half. I know there's a couple of joints in town where you can tease it all the way down to pick them. Mm-hmm. I think a Westgate would have to be teased down to a half if you like six-point teasers, which is what I do. Yeah. And then uh, maybe throw them in a teaser you know, with one of the games on Sunday. I, I think there's a couple of great opportunities to tease. The Dallas Cowboys tease them down to one with Jacksonville. Might be a great way to go. Mm-hmm. Scott Spreitzer joins us, Doc Sports. You can subscribe to Scott's Picks at Doc Sports. Dot com. All right. We look at the Sunday night game, uh, Detroit and Green Bay. That's another thing that has a, a game that has all kinds of meaning on it. It'll be the standalone game. Packers a four and a half point choice here. We know the Lions uh, gave the Packers all they could handle when they met early on in Detroit, but it was a turnover fest. If we remember that game, Aaron Rodgers threw three picks, especially deep into uh, Detroit territory. Very low scoring game, like 16 to nine. Uh, in Detroit, we've seen them struggle a little bit on the road, but you know, they're going to be up for this game with a chance to go to the playoffs with Dan Campbell uh, at the helm there. And then the Packers have been playing better football as of late. Uh, the last week, Scott, they uh, got a punt blocked on what their second possession. Minnesota recovered at the one-yard line, could not get it in, settled for a field goal. What Green Bay do? They scored the next 41 unanswered points. Yeah. It was crazy. How do you view this game, and do you think Detroit has a shot not only at the cover here, but maybe a potential outright win, or is it, hey, same old thing, Detroit going to Lambeau? Yeah, it's tough to call right now, because and I almost played this game, and then I thought, you know, I'm going to hold off a little bit. Green Bay is obviously with Aaron Rodgers accustomed to having to play, even though you usually get there earlier in the season, but having to play for the postseason. And Detroit's not this group, and neither is Dan Campbell. And also, you got to wait and see what Seattle does. You know, it's it's kind of like Seattle wins earlier in the day, and then Detroit really has nothing to play for other than pride and the rivalry of going up against Green Bay and hoping to hang a loss on the Packers. Uh, they have been a covering machine. They've got a chance to finish above 500 at nine and eight if they could win this game my my thoughts are tc is that detroit is going to play well and hard whether they have anything to play for by the time this game kicks off or not uh, if the seahawks win you know you you might be able to get even a better price on detroit so my suggestion is this a recommendation if you like green bay i would play it now if you like detroit 
take your chance and see what happens if Seattle wins that game earlier in the day. Because if that's the case, you might see this number jump a little bit more higher as far as uh, as far as that's concerned. And I like Detroit in this spot. So my thought is I'm going to wait around. I'm going to see if Seattle wins early. If they do, I'm going to check and see if I can get a little bit bigger point spread with Detroit with people assuming that they're not going to show up and then public money coming in crazy for this Sunday night game on Green Bay with that thought in the back of their heads. I think Detroit's the play here. I really do, whether they have something to play for by kickoff or not. And I played Green Bay last week. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's having no more problems with his hand or his thumb and gripping the football. Uh, but I just I like the moxie of this Lions team and how they played down the stretch. So that's what I would do, kind of wait around, take your chance that Seattle's going to win and you might get a little bit extra with that point spread on Detroit. Huge number on the board with Philadelphia and the Giants. The Giants don't have anything to play for, but they're already they're in the playoffs, so they're very excited about that. And then Philadelphia, Scott, as we've seen, actually does have something to play for because they've dropped their last two games in a row. They have not looked good. As a matter of fact, they really haven't looked that good in the last five or six weeks outside of the injury from Jalen Hurts. This team has been turning the football over. They're not as electric as they were earlier on in the season here. And if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan... You may have some concerns here, and this is a pretty big number to lay. And I think just, you know, from people on the outside looking in, thinking like, okay, you know, Philly's still trying to hold on. They got something to play for that number one seed. So it's like, oh, yeah, big spread. But the Eagles haven't, you know, covered marginal spreads here, let alone a 13 and a half. Well, if, if Hurts is healthy, they win the game. I don't know about covering a 14 point spread, but if there's any question out there for anybody who thinks he should not be first or second in the MVP voting this year, just look at what they've done when he's been out. You know, it's as simple as that. Number one, um, man. They, he's, he's the guy, right? There's absolutely. No yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I do that Saturday night show, and we, the week before the season began, when we were previewing uh, the NFL's upcoming season, I think we spent probably two hours and 45 minutes out of three hours talking up Philly, and they ended up being my top over under wins play had him over nine and a half wins and that was settled rather early uh listen they won 25 20 at chicago a few weeks ago on december 18th that's the last win and then of course the last two games as you mentioned with hurt sideline you know they weren't able to win those games however they did give dallas all they could handle in dallas before losing 40 to 34 i look at this team as if hurts is out there i'm not playing the giants plus the 14 and that's another game you got to kind of wait on as far as his health is concerned because before he got hurt they had won what five or six in a row they had one loss uh since the start of the season before he got hurt and they had covered three in a row before he got banged up against chicago on december 18th so to me they're perfectly fine. That offense is outstanding when they've got their star quarterback at the helm. As far as the Giants, man, I hate laying a bunch of points just because a team has nothing to play for, uh, but that kind of is the case here. What worries me about backing the Giants in this one, they're so bad against the run. And so even if Hertz was not going to play in this game, you've got a situation where you've got the fifth best rushing offense in the NFL, which is Philly, and he averaged about 148, 149 yards on the ground per game. Uh, again, top five in the league going up against a team that can't stop the run. That also, after maybe a few plays or a couple of series, may not have any of their defensive starters on the field. So it, it's a lean towards Philly. Uh, I probably won't get involved in the game, but if you made me, I'd end up probably back in the Eagles after I saw warm-ups on Sunday morning and seeing how the things look as far as Hurts is concerned. Listed as probable right now, so I guess 
that he's probably going to play in this game. Scott, quick thoughts on the two teams that were involved in the Monday night game. Uh, the Bills playing the Patriots. The number there now is seven. Same thing with the Bengals over the Ravens. Uh, it's hard to gauge, you know, where these guys are going to be. And then obviously with the news today that DeMar Hamlin is, is starting to improve remarkable signs. And we talked about that in hour number one. Uh, that's great. But, you know, still, where's the mindset here? But these are meaningful games for, for, you know, all four of these teams that are involved. Yeah, I think the quote was all cylinders are firing right now in his brain, according to his doctor. They had talked about how, uh, DeMar Hamlin was asking who won the game, yes. you know, and so that's all great news. And I think if he continues to improve and, you know, it's one of those situations where it looks like, okay, great. He's got all his faculties, his, his cognitive skills are still there and he's really improving well. Then I think as far as Buffalo is concerned, it almost is like a, let's go out there and win one for DeMar for our teammate. And, and I think that's the kind of way you approach this. If you're looking to bet, on that game with the Bills. As far as the Bengals, I mean, I know there's that traumatic situation of what happened, and they're right there on the field to see it taking place. You know, we were all kind of blocked until finally either Aikman or Joe Buck said they've been performing CPR on them for seven or eight minutes. Now, the Bengals had to sit there and watch that also, so there is that traumatic issue. But I think as far as the Bengals are concerned, once they step across uh, the out-of-bounds line, the sideline, and they get busy, I think they'll be able to just move on from that and play well. I'm not talking about move on when the game is over, but I'm talking about move on from that particular feeling and emotion and be able to play football as they normally do against Baltimore. So, um, yeah, I mean, from Buffalo, I, I, you know, obviously we all hope and pray that Hamlin is going to continue to improve, and it's just a matter of healing over time. Uh, and, and if that's the case, I think Buffalo comes out with that, you know, let's go out and win one for our teammate type of attitude. Um, it's tough, man. That seven-point spread without knowing exactly how they're going to come out against a team that's coached by a head coach who knows how to defend the Buffalo Bills, it makes it tough to lay that full seven, though. But I could see that being the Buffalo Bills being teased down to, you know, minus one, maybe tying them with Jacksonville or with Dallas. All right, could be a good teaser weekend. All right, Scott, Monday night, we've got TCU in Georgia. Big number here with Georgia Bulldogs, uh, despite, you know, Georgia in its last two games, uh, giving up, uh, you know, 500 yards passing to LSU in their, in the SCC championship game. And we saw what Ohio State did to them last week and TCU. Uh, they've been firing on all cylinders. They've been a, a great story. I don't view TCU as a fluke at all. I mean, this team obviously can play, and they've got guys that are, that are going to be playing on Sunday afternoons on both sides of the ball themselves. How do you see this game Monday night? Is the number well, two Obviously, big. they really, they really miss Gary Patterson. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, right, but, right, right. You know, I'm, I'm sitting and I'm, you know, again, I agree. TCU is not a fluke. At the same time and this is going to sound crazy because they're playing in the championship game and they beat Michigan, I'm still not sure they belong here. And I don't mean that from a, a skilled tan- standpoint or that they don't have a chance right. on Monday night. It's just if you look at what they were power rated, they probably should not be here as opposed to Alabama, who just beat the crap out of a team that not only beat TCU in the conference championship, Kansas State, but probably would have beat TCU earlier in the season when they were up 28-10 to 10 and their top two quarterbacks and, and got Scott, knocked out. And Scott, not to interrupt you, but and I mentioned this yesterday, but I wanted to say it with you, uh, let's be honest, the best team that played last Saturday was Alabama. They looked the best last Saturday. Absolutely, start right. to finish. Right. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't Georgia. They almost got beat by Ohio State. It, it wasn't Ohio State. They got beat. Michigan was horrible at times. Mm. So anyway, as far as this game is concerned, 
I've been trusting my power ratings as I do every bowl season. We're on a 21-6 and bowl run. And so I'm setting this up to say I rated Georgia 15.5 points better than TCU on a neutral field before last week's games were played. I don't know that I could adjust three or four points because of one game. I had Ohio State. It was my top play the entire bowl season because before the Michigan game, I had Ohio State and Georgia power rated even, as we talked about on your show last week, on a neutral field. And it turned out to be a pretty even football game. I think one thing that happened to Kirby Smart in that game, one of the positives other than finding a way to win, is that he gets to refocus his secondary uh, after they gave up a ton of yardage to Ohio State through the, uh, through the air. And I'm giving the Horned Frogs their just due. But let's not forget Michigan had two turnovers inside the five-yard line and threw a pair of pick sixes from a guy that doesn't normally make bad passes. That's 28 points. You know, so it's a situ- and they still almost got beat towards the end. So, again, I don't want to take away too much from TCU. It's not a big play. It's nowhere close to the size of play I had on the Buckeyes last week. But I think Georgia gets the win and the cover. I'm going to stick to the, the power ratings that have been working for me. And remember, TCU beat Kansas by seven. Oklahoma State in double overtime. Escaped Baylor with a one-point win. Lost to Kansas State. Almost lost to Kansas State twice. I got to go with Georgia minus the points. All right. And a real quick, Scott, we just talked to the big seven-footer War Memorial Gym tonight. Gonzaga Bulldogs facing USF. The number's nine and a half. Which way are you going tonight? I'm going to lean to San Francisco, but I didn't play the game. Right. Uh, I'll lean to San Francisco. I mean, Gonzaga's being a bully again where they're beating up on bad teams and kind of sluggish against good teams. And San Francisco's not a bad team at 11-6. and I think the spread's probably about a point too high. Didn't play it. Probably won't play it before tip-off. Right. Uh, But I will lean towards the San Francisco Dons. And I'm sure the big (laughs) seven-footer is going to be – cheering for the team in green and gold, right? No doubt. <laughs> you can see him sitting underneath uh, the basket right there on the baseline uh, tonight awesome. ESPN 2 at 8 o'clock. So there you go, my I'm friend. I'm so glad. Every time a game from San Francisco is on TV, which isn't often, I have to watch it. So I'll be watching the game tonight. There you go, man. A lot of history in that old war memorial, Jim, as we right. well know. You got it. All right, he is Scott Spritzer, DocSports.com. Go check it out. And of course, Scott uh, has his best bets with us, too, each and every Friday as well. Okay, my man, I appreciate it uh, as all always, and uh, we look forward to talking with you next week. Take care, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. There he is. Scott's going to be on his way to Freddy's. That's where he's going right now. The Jalapeno Pepper Jack Burger. Oh, and the dog for Scott Sprite, sir. You got to love it. Okay. Coming up here very soon, the NFL Competition Committee is going to meet and discuss what they're going to do about the AFC playoff seedings with more than likely Cincinnati and Buffalo playing one less game. So they are going to talk about those possibilities. There's some crazy potentials and scenarios on the table. Maybe, you know, if they don't play this game, some choices about bye week or not or location, neutral site. So the competition committee is going to be meeting here in the next couple hours. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Appreciate everyone for joining us. I want to thank Scott Spritzer for joining us. The Big Bill Cartwright, of course. And then uh, you heard from the doctors today as well uh, regarding uh, DeMar Hamlin. And prognosis uh, hopefully is good. And, uh, yes, great positive signs. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check all that out. Also, thanks to Jay Cornegay. Him and John Murray be joining us again tomorrow at the Westgate. Come on out see the show live. Miss any of it? Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Our interview with Houston Nutt. 
previewing the NCAA championship game Monday night is up there. And wherever you get your podcast, go check it out. All right, wherever you get a, a T.C. Martin show. Have yourself a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2 o'clock live from the world-famous Superbook, the Westgate Las Vegas. Go to that